0: Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Hood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. And before we get into my interview with Crystal of Soul Bakehouse, I have a PSA because I really need to hear this today. So I'm sure someone listening needs to hear this too. And that is that healing is not linear. And that is a really fucking hard thing for us to accept. So story time. For those of you who listen to this podcast and especially listen to the postpartum episode, you know that I have had a very weird postpartum journey And I'll just give you the bullet notes that are relevant to this story, and that is that I had a weird virus, I had weird cysts, I had a staph infection on my face that I was referred to a plastic surgeon because they thought it was going to need stitches, shout out to lemon oil for helping it heal so well. And then I got a monodiagnosis, so I have been working so hard since that day to heal my body with nourishing foods, to heal my mind, and to really take it as a learning lesson that I do have control over my body and that healing takes time. And then I read Medical Medium by Anthony William. For those of you who've read it or who have seen him in the Heal documentary, you know that Anthony gets his medical information from source. So what Anthony says in his book is that It's actually the Epstein-Barr virus, which is causing all these health problems within us. And what happens is after you get mono, it stays in your body and it beds itself within your organs. And then it manifests all these things like fibromyalgia and lupus and all these unexplained autoimmune disorders that are actually not the body attacking itself, but these pathogens that are basically the Epstein-Barr virus is poisoning us. So... As someone who has it in her body, that is a very scary thing. And it gives me so much anxiety when all you want, all we want is women, all we want is mothers. All we want is people with ego that we constantly need to check is to have some kind of control. And to feel like you have no control over this virus, I mean, he gives a lot of ways that you can help heal it, but for someone who's in the early stages of it, it's so scary. And within the last weeks, I have felt more like myself than I have in a really long time. I feel like my mind, body, and soul are finally being aligned. And now to the point in the story where the lesson needs to be learned (laughs) um three days ago my husband came home from work he said I have this really weird itchy rash on my leg and it was a perfect circle and it slowly turned into a bullseye and I told him you should probably get that checked out he went to the doctor they said yep looks like Lyme's disease here's 21 days of medication If it's a staph infection, it will clear up in 10. If not, we're not even going to get a Lyme disease test back for four weeks. So just take the antibiotics as a precaution. So then yesterday I was letting my dog outside and I felt this weird twinge on my arm. You know, it's one of those weird just millisecond, you know, when you get that like stabbing itch pain that just kind of rocks you to your core for a second. And I instantly thought... Did I get bit by a tick too? Because what if our dog brought it into our bed? He sleeps in our bed right on my feet. And what if it bit both of us? Which it didn't seem to make sense for me because I know ticks need a host. And to think that it didn't latch on to either of the three of us just seems silly to me. But anyway, I told myself, okay, deep breaths. We will see how this manifests. And lo and behold, it manifested like a staph infection. (laughs) Fuck, why? It's just, you know, just when you think you're out of the clear and you're past all this stuff, just the universe just kicks you right in your butt. It's like, nope, you still have this lesson to learn. So back to my original statement. Healing is not linear and when we're in these weird lulls and we have a setback it almost blinds us to how far we've actually come and I am not gonna lie right now I feel so defeated so defeated because I feel like I have no control and I've been putting in the work so why 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 is this happening again? why and like I said I have to accept that there's no such thing as always going up we have lessons to learn we have adversity to face and when we're truly on the other side of it there's new lessons to learn but then we can kind of look back and say okay I needed to learn these lessons I still needed that strength from that setback and we grow from it and If there's no growing happening, then what's the point? But for anyone on a healing journey right now, I totally understand how hard it is. And it's fucking hard. It's hard to feel all the ups and downs. It's hard to feel like you're moving forward when you feel like you're going backwards. And we're in this together, and the whole reason for this community is support. So, reach out to another mama in the Enlightened Hood community if you're feeling like you need that extra crush today. Because, boy, oh boy, do I need it! And if I did not have this outlet to share with you, I really don't know what I'd do. So, thank you for listening to my rant. Please pray for my staph infection and the fact that now I'm probably not going to be able to go outside again for 10 more days and it's summer and this girl really needs her vitamin d and morning meditation but we will adapt because that's what we do we find gratitude I'm grateful for the lessons of whatever this is teaching me I still need to learn patience and the importance of respite apparently so anyway On today's podcast, you are going to meet Crystal Romero. She's the owner of Soul Bakehouse and Crystal shares with us her postpartum journey and really self-reflecting about postpartum depression and how she used that and dealing with her daughter's anxiety to step into her truth and her passion of starting her own baking business and the idea that Food at our table should have purpose, and we should use it as the centerpiece for amazing conversation and connecting with our loved ones. And I think that's such an important message because we do often, what are we doing at dinner? We're on our phones, right? We have a no phone rule at my dinner table, and I encourage you to try the same. But I love how she said that she loved baking and she knew that she wanted to do something with it, but it needed a bigger purpose and it needed a message. And she just, lights up a room with her voice of how happy she is for now living her truth. So here's Crystal. Did your mindfulness journey, I know you told me that you had postpartum with your second baby, did it start before or after your second postpartum? Um,
1: My journey didn't start till after. um, And I didn't know I had postpartum depression. I kind of had to take I had to sit back and really reflect on what was going on, why I was feeling this way, and why I was trying all these different emotions, you know, it's it's obvious once you have a baby that, you know, your hormones are all over the place, you're trying to regroup, there's a lot of things going on. But it was more than that. But I didn't know and nobody told me. Like now now I go back and say, hey guys, you know. How come nobody said, hey, Crystal, that's kind of weird. Why are you doing that? <laughs> but, you know, but it's like, it was really self-reflection of myself. And and it, I'm going to say it took years for me to realize, hey, you know what? I have postpartum depression. You know, as you start thinking about it, you start reading about it. And, and like, oh, wow, that happened to me. You know, I felt, you know... I was all alone, even though I was surrounded by family. I felt alone, you know. I felt like I, I could do it all. I didn't need help, that I should be able to work. I should be able to, to have um, my babies, to have family, to be a, a wife. I should be able to do it all, right, because everybody mm-hmm. else does. But mm-hmm. you know what? I needed to realize
0: that it's okay to seek for help. <laughs> yeah and it's hard what were some of those red flags that you when you looked back your you thought to yourself oh that was postpartum depression
1: I felt um I felt like I had no control of anything that's how I was feeling I had no control of anything and I felt very sad and very angry for some reason because Because you know, now it's it was juggling two babies and work and family life and wife life, you know. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, but I didn't know, like, I was trying to just deal with it with myself, and I felt like I had to run away and escape. Mm -hmm. So, I would my baby would wake up at four o'clock in the morning, that was his morning you know so I would wake up and he was he was already I'm gonna say maybe like four months or more no I had to be more because he could hold his bottle and um I would wake up I would make his bottle and I would take my son with his bottle to my husband and I would leave to the gym I had to escape Wow. and I thought that was okay that was my time I would go to the gym right Mm-hmm. so days and months would go on and then I'm, I would be like why why am I doing that because then I was realizing I was just running away like it wasn't like that romantic oh my baby I want to sit down my baby mm-hmm. you know I didn't feel like that and I said why I was questioning myself why don't I feel this connection you know mm-hmm. so that's how I was like wait something's not right here <laughs> But it was just, you don't wake up from one day to another and just totally change. It took a lot of years. It took, a, um, I mean, he's six and a half now, you know, and I'm going to say that maybe the last two years is when I I've fully I've felt happy, you know, with how everything's going, you know, I, I always like feel so bad in my heart that I felt that way of running away from my baby, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so I don't know, it was just a lot of self-reflection and up and a lot of, um, seeking out resources. You know, I just started, you know, reading books and, you know, telling my husband, talking to him and saying, Hey, I feel this way, you know, just getting his thoughts. Did know, he notice somebody it? From the outside. He, I don't think he did. I don't think he did because he was always working a lot. He had, I mean, he, he has a business, so he was always gone. So I, I felt that resentment too. Like I was kind of felt like a single parent, Mm. (laughs) you know, but I, I had to not hold grudges. I had to actually tell him how I felt so we could work it out together and kind of just take, take it all in like, um, like a fresh new beginning. I'm like, you know what? We have to do this together and look at it as we were partners instead of me feeling that I was alone
0: because I was never alone. Mm -hmm. I was just making myself feel that way. Yeah. So then what did you do besides getting the support you needed from your husband and reading? What else did you do to really try to transform?
1: Yeah, I did a lot of, um, self-reflection. I really had to, um, Like I left, I left my job. I was very stressed out there. Um, and it was a point in our lives that I was able to do that. So I left my job and I really needed to reflect and, and just check myself and my priorities. I really needed to start, um, writing things down, you know, and, and manifesting them and saying them and, and seeking self help, like, um, like seeking other women, you know, other women that have gone through things or, you know, speaking to my mom, telling her how I felt, um, of how, of, um, of the depression that I felt, you know, just talking to my sisters, talking to friends and they would tell me, you know, Hey, you know, maybe you should do this or, or, you know, let's go for a walk or, you know, just little things like that, that, that really helped me like put things in perspective that I wasn't alone. And once I started, um, you know, looking all into that and, and doing breathing techniques to, you know, calm myself down, um, learning about breathing and, how that can really really help your whole body and looking into nutrition too. You know, I've always looked into nutrition but I I really started looking at it in a different aspect of as I'm cooking, as I'm baking, like it's all, also like a meditation. You know, because I'm looking at these ingredients that are going to help my body, that are going to make me feel good, that are gonna, that's going to make my family happy and put smiles on my kids' faces. That's how I just started looking at things. Um, and that kind of helped my, my kid, me reconnect with my kids, I guess, for me. <laughs> Not, like, connecting with them as much.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about your daughter. Because you said that you look, like you were saying, that you looked into nutrition to really help her so how did you start noticing that she had anxiety
1: oh yeah she once she started kindergarten um she was fine for like the first few months and um she started developing um like really really intense um separa- separation anxiety
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that that was like i'm going to say the main turning point like forget about me you know and what's going on with me once it comes to your kids, it's like you stop everything and you just handle that mm-hmm. um, she she was very afraid for some reason, very afraid she didn't want to sleep in her room. It wasn't nothing to do with the dark she She thought that something was going to happen to me specifically. Mm. yeah, it was very strange um so she thought something was going to happen to me. So she thought she had to take care of me. So see how like everything turned around. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm. Like it just made me reflect even more. Like my little girl here is trying to take care of me when I need to be taking care of my kids. You know, for some reason she feels that she needs to take care of me. Mm. And she, um, she, she would come in the middle of the night and check to see if I was breathing. Yeah. Wow. She would check to see if I was breathing. I would wake up in the morning and she would be on the floor asleep. And I'm like, wait a minute, I tucked her in bed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, why is she here? So why is she here on the floor with her blankie? Like, and then, you know, sometimes in the middle of the night, you know, I would see her and she'd be like, "Oh, I'm just checking on you, mom. I'm like, well, that's scary, you know <laughs> I'm asleep, and I felt something I wake up, and you're you're my little girl's just looking at me, you know, I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay, um but no, she had really bad um separation anxiety, it was the toughest thing that me and my husband went through. I can tell you the toughest thing um we were on our knees in tears, like praying for. Enlightenment of how to help our daughter that was drowning. She was drowning in this fear um, of of losing me, her mom, for some reason. And I've never said, you know, I've never said anything about harming myself or harming anybody else because I know there's some, you know, that's a sign when you're depressed. You know, you can mm-hmm. say that, you know, you're going to harm yourself or you're going to harm others, but I never. My, my depression never went to that point where I, I never verbalized that. So, for some reason, she was feeling something with me. So, I said, No, we have to turn this around. So, we, we got her help, you know, we went to um, a counselor for her um, that helped her um, deal with, uh, with the separation anxiety. And it was a lot of a lot of uh, like drills that we had to do and baby steps with her, you know, just baby steps of um, giving her the confidence that she she was she was okay, even if we were not in the same room, because we we had to be in the same room. If she didn't hear me, she would just scream and be like, "Mom, where are you? I'm right here in the kitchen, babe. I'm right here," you know. Or like, um, if they were playing in the backyard and I would run in to get something in the kitchen. Mom, where are you? I'm right here. So she was like panicky, and it was just—it was very frustrating for her and for for us because she needed to know where we were at every single minute. Um, So we really needed to grow that confidence. We read a lot of books. We talked to um, parents that that had children that that deal with, um, the separation anxiety as well. Um, we really worked with her with, um, building up her confidence, telling her that she's, you know, confident, that she's smart, that she's, that she's able, like an affirmation for her to speak it, for her to believe it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not just us telling her she needs to believe it as well, you know? And she's going to be nine now. And she's really um, turned, turned around a lot, you know, oh. turned around a lot. How long but did it take? It took, um, it just really depends on what's happening in her life. Because when you look at an, a child's life, things that happen at school or, you know, at the park or anywhere for a kid, might not see, seem like a big deal to an adult, but to a kid it is. For like, for an example, she, she had this separation anxiety in kindergarten. And we would have to drop her off at school. And my husband would have to sit with her in, inside the class for her to even step in the class for like a good 10 minutes. But then like that only worked for a few weeks. Then after we had to drop her off in the office because she only felt safe at the nurse's office because she's a nurse if anything happens you know there she's there with the nurse so it every week was different wow so um then first grade was good with her but second grade it came back it came back because the teacher that that she had in the beginning it was only there for a little bit in the school year and then she had she had to get surgery so she, she had this fear. The fear came back because her teacher wasn't there. Oh she didn't God. have the consistency. So then it started all over again because she didn't have that connection. So anything that happened in her life that was like not, you know, the routine or something. I mean, surgery is scary too if a kid hears that, you know. hmm <laughs> they're scary to them yeah um so then um yeah just talking to um to the teachers and letting her not letting them know you know like hey you know Bella suffers from anxiety and um you know this is what happened you know because you know we just keep everybody in the loop you know so you know, dot all our eyes, cross all our Ts, and we had a really great support from our school. Really great support from the teachers, and because it really takes a village, you know, for for the kids to grow. Yeah. Um, and also, I love like doing the the breathing work with them for them to calm down when they're feeling anxious, when they're feeling angry. You know. Um, I love turning on the TV. I'm putting like the, the yoga videos for kids on YouTube. And that's what we, um, that's what we do together, you know, to try to teach them kind of like to, to be mindful and to do their, their little meditations, you know, and kind of just have, their little moment of silence and where we're not running around and everything's just calm, you know, that really helped, um, my kids when we're, when we do that or, um, just doing things together. That's what they, that's what she needed. I mean, we're doing it, but now it was like, we had to do it
0: more, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So when did nutrition come into play of trying to help that aspect of it too in terms of what she was putting in her body?
1: Yeah, like I just started thinking of all the things, okay, like what what is could be affecting her? Could it be food? Could it be certain foods, you know? Um, so I just started just, um, not that I give my kids like a whole bunch of junk food, but you know, they like Cheetos,
0: of course. <laughs> Who doesn't like Cheetos? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, like just really focusing on wholesome food for them. Like the more natural, the better. You know, like their fruits and their veggies and their their salads and um, minimizing um, certain dyes because because I know like the red dye mm-hmm. on, certain, on certain things really affects um, yes. Uh, a child well, I'm assuming everybody, not just a child, yeah. you know they just go bonkers, you know,
0: yes, my sister had an <laughs> issue with that when we were younger. She loved strawberry nest quick, and my uh-huh. mom said that she used to turn into a monster, just and she just said, This is not my child, and you know she instantly went to what is she putting in her body, just like you, and yeah, the red dye is no yeah. good,
1: it's no good, and just switching like even like the the soaps, like the body washes, I I'm like I read the back, like <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like one of those, like whatever I can do, like obviously you know I can't like put them in a bubble, but whatever right. I can do to just you know make them feel good and make them feel normal, you know, like where they don't have these like feelings of ups and downs, you know, yeah. Because it's hard as it is in this world, where everything you know, it's just harder than when I grew up.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
1: I can teach my kids these these and give them the resources now, then they're going to grow up with it and already implement implement it in their life. Mm-hmm. So, um, that that was huge for for us and and you know from being in tears years ago from just feeling so so bad when your kid is going through something you you want to be able to erase it from from them and just like give it to me like give it all to me but leave, take it away from my child you know mm-hmm. um it's it was exhausting very tiring um but you have to find that inner strength in yourself mm-hmm. to keep pushing you know to keep pushing and not not um fall in that darkness and not fall in that darkness and do whatever you can um to to just bring that sunshine back, you know um because we all have our story, we all mm-hmm. have gone through things you know and our hardships and all aspects, but it's just it just, when it comes to children, it just hurts my heart.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it really does. So let's talk about your sunshine. When did your dessert business come into play with all this?
1: Well, I really was, um, I started my business, I'm going to say about a year ago, but I didn't really make it official until like just a few weeks ago. Um, And I really, my, my point was of just bringing happiness and, and conversations to one another. Um, and I just think about when like me and my family are at the dinner table and we're just talking and having a good time and learning from one another, even when you're just talking about your day or talking about how the kids um, school day went, or how it went when I went, you know to the market or mm-hmm. or to yoga class or how it went how it went with my husband's meetings. Um, you really do learn from each other, you know, in those little couple of minutes while you're having dinner, and I say, you know what? this is you know, I don't know if everybody does this at home, but we need to start incorporating this, and we need to let people know like we need a we need to bring it back to the dinner table, you know,
0: yeah, <laughs> now what better than
1: over dessert? you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so that's what I thought I, I was like, what's better than having like these wholesome conversations with some yummy dessert and to share with your family and friends and different celebrations. So that's what was my focus of just connecting and 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 really evolving um these little conversations especially you know talking to to kids and how they view different things like if you ask them a question like if you were to have wings where would you fly you know and just hearing hearing their answers are are just just so amazing
0: yeah I love what you said before when we were talking that you just knew it had to have more of a purpose than just being dessert. Yes.
1: Yes. I felt it needed to, I was just, I wasn't quite satisfied with just (laughs) dessert. (laughs) I was like, no, I have, there's more in my heart. There's more (laughs) in here that we need to share, you know? (laughs) know? So yeah, I totally, um, I'm totally about that, about, uh conversation and and getting to know one another and and really growing as a family you know I mean I've been with my husband since we were 17 and we're still learning about each other you know we're still madly in love with you know with each other and our kids and it's just it's just learning you know just talking and getting to know each other all the time
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Did you I and I noticed you also told me that you've just been working so hard on this. And what has it been like just really putting so much positive energy into this business?
2: Um, yeah, I've been really when I put my
1: mind to something, I want to give it all of me. I I have to put all my energy in it and all the good energy. I have to be like a hundred percent like, yes, this is it. Like I feel it or I don't feel, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. like this, the journey was like, I started off my, I've always baked since I was younger. And I've always had people tell me, you should open up a business. You should do something. And I was, I would just like shake it off. No, no, you know, I would never be able to open up my little bit and open up a business. You know, mm-hmm. I was just, that was just not in my mind. You know, I was totally like, no, I I have to have a nine to five job because that was what I had to do. But as I start thinking and start, you know, things just happen in your life where it's not what you want. It's what is meant for you to do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, here, while you're here. And um I just started really praying and meditating and making sure that this was gonna be the right decision, not just for me, but for my family. Um and just really, you know, writing things down, like journaling almost, mm-hmm. putting all my ideas in paper until I was really um, happy and I really connected with what I wanted to do. And um, so here we are now, you know, yeah. with um, the Soul Bakehouse. And um, I'm very happy that, you know, I've gone through what I've gone through and I'm able to, to share and to connect with um, a lot of lovely people and um, we'll we'll see what
0: happens next. <laughs> yeah, I think it will be amazing things because not only does everyone love dessert, but you're spreading such positivity and like we said, adding a purpose to it.
1: Right, definitely, definitely. I just, I'm just so happy that I'm able to bring like, when I deliver um, my desserts or cakes, I'm just so happy when I see the people you know, s- smile and are just so excited when they, when they, s- when they see the dessert. i like, that just makes my day, you
0: know? <laughs> well, what is your favorite thing to bake?
1: My favorite thing to bake is, um, I love zucchini bread. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think you were going to say that. <laughs> no. Well, because you know, in the morning I have coffee and what better to match it up than with
0: zucchini bread. <laughs> yes, that's true. I like <laughs> zucchini bread too because it's a little less sweet than banana bread. Uh-huh. hmm Yeah. Okay. But I love
1: being able to like, it's not very artsy, I guess. Um, It's more yummy than artsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like when it comes to like the cake designing, that's when... I'm able to, I just love dealing with the colors and dealing with different, um, consistencies that I'm able to just, you know, that's when like my creative part comes out. Mm. Yeah. So my creative part is happy with the cakes, but my tummy part is happy with the zucchini.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good. You're serving mind and body. Exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh my goodness. I'm I'm not a great baker. I'm more of the just, I'm better at cooking just because I like just throwing things in there and seeing what happens. But with baking, you have to be so precise that sometimes (laughs) it's a disaster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I totally enjoy baking more than cooking. Whenever we have parties, I'm always like, I make the dessert first. And then I'll think about what I'm making for the food. <laughs>
0: it's kind of backwards. <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense. You do what you love first. Yeah. So but um
1: but yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been really fun. And I'm and I I'm able to do it from home and and what better thing than to be able to be here um with the kids. That's the most important thing for for me and my family
0: yeah and you're just stepping into your truth and really you can tell just how happy you are just from the sound of your voice
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's been a long road but the the light was always there
0: (laughs) i love that well thank you so much for joining me on this podcast yes of course I like to end with just words of encouragement. So, for anyone out there who might be going through something rough with their children, or just like you is stepping into their truth or needs that extra push just to do it, what are your words of advice?
1: My words of advice would be never let anything or anyone take your smile.
0: Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and sees the beauty in every woman's why. If you would like to be part of our community, find us on Instagram at Enlightenhood and subscribe to this podcast where we put out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday.